and good evening high school football fans and welcome to the prep sports report high school pigskin preview for week number 10 october 27th 2022 it's week number 10 i think it's the 11th week of the season we got to do that zero week stuff people say in the 11th week we say the 10th week who knows but we only got one week left after this friday night and it's going to be a lot of fun there's a lot of stuff coming down and it's 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 always a great time when you got football under the lights and it's high school football under the lights this week's guest i mean he writes for the prep sports report he writes a pigskin preview he does uh, capsules and of course you go to connect savannah you got the option newsletter does a great job and he knows what he's talking about joining the coach is the sports reporter mr travis jadon from jadon sports or wherever you find sports in savannah georgia what's up travis hey what's up carl Hey, it's, you know, it's going to be another great Friday night. we got a lot of big games. So what we're going to do is we're going to break yep. this down in segments. We're going to talk about last week's scores, last week's games. We'll get into the outstanding – I mean, it was like Madden numbers last week in high school football with these kids. And then, of course, we'll yeah. talk about what's coming up tomorrow night, Friday night, and what the implications are as far as playoff goes. So here's the scoreboard for last week, okay? That was week number nine, Friday, October 21st. Step back. We started Thursday night. We started Thursday night, October 20th. Coffee County came in, took on Jenkins, beat him 42-7. And then New Hampshire took on Islands High School at uh, Island Stadium. It was 48-7. Then Friday night, we go down the slate. Brunswick beats South Effingham 42-3. That's got a lot of implications. Benedictine, 10-0 uh, halftime, beats Wayne County 31-10. Uh, Savannah Christian all over Beach 49-7. Beach just can't find the right combination. Calvary Day School. If that's not a juggernaut, I don't know what to tell you. 56 to 13 over Country Day. It was over at halftime. Pierce County comes in and beats Windsor Forest 49-14. Screven County beats Savannah High 32-0. And a heartbreaker for the kids out there on St. Andrews School on the Marsh. Uh, you're playing a perennial uh, Giza GIA state uh, playoff team in Pinewood 30 to 26. That tells you how quick that program has uh, come along with Kevin Present. Just an unbelievable slate, but blowouts 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 buddy yeah and the blowouts it's always like do you give credit to the teams that are playing really well to win um do you say that the teams that got blown out are playing poorly or do you sometimes it's just a matter of no matter what the lesser team was going to do they were going to lose and so we've had a lot of blowouts this year and especially of late i i I hesitate i hesitate to read too far into that though like i don't know that it's good or bad for the product um i will say that i think that this year is um one of the one of the better examples in recent years of the haves and have nots and by that i just mean like the separation between the good teams there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of middle ground if that makes sense yeah um, no, it definitely does yeah and, and that's especially true in the public schools um I mean, you're you're talking about there's the potential that only one public school makes it to the state playoffs. Yes. Of course, that could turn into four, too, with Bryan County, Richmond Hill, Jenkins could still make it. Uh, I'm I'm assuming Johnson's going to make it, but um, so if you're a public school fan, that's something to watch for sure. But don't forget, you got Effingham County and, and uh, South Effingham. Yes. You know, I try. You know, that's the area to prep sports for Effingham, Bryan, and Chatham. Uh, I mm. wish we could cover more, but there's there's only so many things we could do. But let's start Thursday night, and I'm going to send out a big apology to uh, – uh, I didn't know it was shifted to Thursday night, but uh, Thomas Jefferson 
defending state champion, I think four-time state champion. They beat Memorial Day School 54-20. So uh, at the Thursday night games, Coffey County came in and beat Jenkins pretty good. And Jenkins has been playing the top 10 teams pretty tough. I didn't expect that one to be 35 nothing at one point. Islands just uh, doesn't have it this year. And, uh, you know, Paulie Sealy, the, the, the kid's got a, an arm, 48-7. And Thomas Jefferson Memorial Day School, uh, Javaris Taylor and those kids, they play their hearts out. But they're just so outnumbered that, you know, they can only do so much. So, uh, really, there was no surprise. I think the biggest surprise for me on Thursday night was Jenkins. You mean the margin of victory that Jenkins – or the margin of defeat for Jenkins? Yes, yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, because I, I expected Coffee to win that game. I mean, they're a top – three team in the state definitely a yeah. top five team in the state um I, and you know i i don't i like it's not like jenkins stopped trying but kids at that level are pretty smart and they can sort of see the writing on the wall coffee played a plus at, you know at the very least a minus game and i didn't think jenkins played all that badly but but you know those kind of games it, once it gets to 14 nothing like in the first quarter you start to feel it and the kids are looking around like, is this thing going to get away from us? And then it, and then it actually does get away from you. Uh, and I think the same thing happened honestly to, uh, to country day against Calvary. Like you hang in for the first three or four minutes and then it just, you know, it evaporates from you. But Jenkins has had a really tough year. I mean, I think of course five of their six losses, Carl have come to teams ranked in the top 10. I know. Um, so it's not like they're playing a bunch of, you know, cupcake teams, but at some point you'd like to see um, them at least play a full four quarters with those teams. That Wayne County loss earlier in the year, I thought really took a lot of steam out of them because they had, they had a shot to win that game um, yes. and then lost it in the end. That was a tough one there. So uh, yeah, by the, by the margin of victory and then Friday night, you know, uh, let's start Brunswick is uh, coming. They're going to be, it's going to be, uh, you know, if Effingham takes care of business, which they should Friday night, uh, but Brunswick just seems like the class of that uh, 6A region. South Effingham still has a shot too, but I mean, 42 to three. I thought South Effingham would put at least two two more scores on the board. South Effingham sort of an enigma. I, I, and I'll be honest, I haven't seen them play in person yet, but yeah, sometimes they'll play, you expect them to get blown out and you look up and it's and it's 21 to 14 or or it's, you know, 24 to 20 and they hang right in there. And then other times it's, you know, 27 nothing after one. So they're kind of a they're kind of a, a frustrating team to predict. I was worried. Uh, remember when we talked a couple of weeks ago about Evingham County and they were on that hot streak? I don't remember who they were playing, but they had a kind of a close call um, in a game. I think it was maybe two two weeks ago now. Um, but they still got the train rolling over there. Hey, but, but Brunswick, Carl, I think Brunswick is incredible, and I think they're really underranked. What are they at right now? Are they number eight, Brunswick? Yeah, they're they're in the bottom. They're they're close to eight or nine. Yep. There there is no way that there are seven or eight teams in the state of Georgia better than Brunswick. But as we all know, the further south you get, the less likely you are to get attention from the AJC and from other Atlanta media outlets. So I guess Brunswick shouldn't be too surprised. I don't think they've lost a regular season game since 2020. It seems if like I'm, forever if I'm not mistaken, because they were undefeated in the regular season last year. Yeah, I mean, you know, no matter who, whoever takes that uh, 
whoever takes that team over, it's just it's just unbelievable. And uh, the Pirates are always always one of the better teams to worry about, you know. But FEM County six in a row, it's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty good one. And South Effingham still has a chance to get in that four slot because I mean uh, they beat uh, Evans, I think, and I think uh, they got to take on Grovetown. Both those teams have one win each, so uh, South Effingham still has a shot there. So. Then, of course, Benedictine, uh, Wayne County, uh, you wrote a story about it. Uh, Benedictine, 10 nothing at halftime, and in the second half, they just pulled away. Uh, you know, from what I understand, it's one of the better games that, well, it was one of the better opponents they got to play, right? Yeah, it was, and it offered um, it offered Benedictine a test that I don't know that they've seen yet. And, and by that, I mean a team that is that has its workhorse running back in Matthew Fuller. Not a lot of flash like BC knew the seven days leading up to that game, what was going to happen. Fuller still got his now. He's still got close to a buck 30 on the ground. But boy, Carl, Benedictine's defense and what Galen Houston has done on that side of the ball has been remarkable. Sure, they have a bunch of great players, so that, that obviously helps. Right. But last year, their defense was a borderline liability. Right. Now they had a historic offense. This year, their offense is – is above average for sure. They're not a bad offense at all, but they're not scoring 40 plus a game like Calvary and Savannah Christian say, but the Benedictine defense, they're playing very complimentary football. I would say BC, the the kicking game at some point, you're going to need that in close games in the state playoffs. Um, And and they, they kind of have this dual kicking game with, with Hudson Grove and Asher Sigmund. One's a long kick. One's a short kick, um, but they missed two fourth quarter field goals in that game. Otherwise, it would have been even uglier. Um, but but BC dominated from start to finish, um, and I think once they get Chrome and Hawk, you you see flashes, but they don't have four or five incompletes in a row. And I think Gurner Holden Gurner went through the same thing late in his junior year, then picked it up in November, and they ran all the way to the final four. Um, and there's a lot of similarities between that BC team two years ago and this year's team, I think. I mean, it's definitely grown pains with uh, Luke Cromenhawk. I mean, the kid's uh, uh, definitely a quarterback, has a lot of potential, but the same thing happened with uh, Holden. I mean, they, they hadn't played and they, they had to get enough games on their belt. And when you're blowing teams out, you're only getting half a game. It, you know, it makes it tough on the kids. So, you know, they're looking to get, you know, a little more out of games. Like, you know, this week we'll talk about this week's game, uh, but they, they're looking to get more consistency. That's what it comes down to. So we'll see. Yeah, and just quickly on Cromenhawker, like I don't want it to seem like I'm saying – like he is playing well well above what oh, most yeah. high school quarterbacks play. Yes. And you can win a state title with the way he's playing now. But at Benedictine, the things that they ask their quarterback to do, there's still a little to be desired. But, I mean, he just keeps steadily improving. There's no reason for me not to believe that he's going to keep improving. Um, and that's – a bad that's bad news for opponents for sure you know I'll, t- I'll tell you right now i'll tell you right now and i'll say it right here being a former coach we're critiquing okay he has one thing that holding gurna doesn't have the kid can run and the kid can run you over so yeah. you, you have somewhat of a dual threat quarterback there hey and holding gurna in that championship game he showed he also could do it with his feet too so you know like i said what i feel is we don't get to see the real player because i mean outside that non that Gauntlet of a non-region st- schedule when they come into region play, nobody's putting any pressure on them, and the kids not playing enough. Yeah, and, and I'm sure Danny Britt would tell you 
you know, you don't want to play up or down to your competition. So he expects the same performance no matter what. Oh, that's, yeah. that's pretty tough to do when you spend all Friday during school, during classes, knowing that you're going to go out and win by 40. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. tough. It's, it's pretty tough to stay locked in like that. Um, but they'll be ready to go come playoff time. Oh, yeah. I, they, they, and New Hampshire, New Hampshire is a team that is going to get Benedictine's full attention. I can promise oh, yeah, you definitely, that. Definitely. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch that one. All right. Well, in uh, in classification 3A, region 3, I mean, there wasn't a close game. And uh, what what Jake Merklinger did in that first half was unbelievable. But, I mean, I thought Savannah Country Day would be somewhat of a little uh, more competitive, but it just didn't seem like they matched up with uh, with Calvary. Yeah, and, and Barton Mixon, Savannah Country Day's quarterback, I think he had four picks yep. in the game. That'll do it. You can't oh, yeah. you can't turn it over once against Calvary. If you turn it over four times, it's a good night. Um, but Merklinger, I mean, it's not a stretch to say that he played a perfect half of football. He was 12 of 12, over 300 yards, five tutties, three to Mike Smith, one or you know, one to Dupa Coleman, one to Caden Arnold. Uh, I mean, really, Merklinger, he, he should kind of feel guilty for having all those weapons. He might want <laughs> like he should give some weapons to other people. Yeah, like fantasy football. See if somebody wants to trade them to somebody. I mean, Caden Arnold would be a legitimate number one for 90% of high school oh, football yeah. teams. And yep. he's their number three. I know. So it's crazy. Not to mention the, the three running backs they got. Plus, they have division one talent all throughout the front defensively. Mark, I think this is Mark Shroud's best team ever for sure. And, and I don't really know that it's that close. Right. I agree with you. Uh, now we go, of course, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the other two games. Uh, well, the other game that really meant a lot to uh, us in this area was uh, Pinewood Christian and St. Andrews. St. Andrews had to go out to Belleville, and uh, they played one of the perennial state playoff teams, uh, champions caliber programs, uh, championship caliber programs in uh, the Georgia Independent Athletic Association yeah. in Pinewood. They played them tough, uh, 30 to 26, but they just couldn't pull it out. But they were on a four-game winning streak. But you could see how that program has improved from day one till now. Yeah, and I think Kevin Prasant, what he has going at St. Andrews, and again, I fully trust his what he's doing over there. Now, three years from now, might we might look back and say it didn't work, but they're committed to it. It seems like the the players have bought in. And once you get three or four wins in a row, the games like against Pinewood. Really, St. Andrews shouldn't be that close to Pinewood, but they were. They could have easily won that game. Um, and I think that that in the next year or two, you'll see St. Andrews become sort of what Pinewood is. I saw Pinewood play earlier this year at Country Day, and they can sling it. They have a sophomore quarterback that is really good. They're not running, uh, you know, simplistic stuff offensively. They they really get after it offensively. And so for St. Andrews to be able to do that with, what, 30 players, 40 players maybe, yep. um, to go the distance with those guys, I think it shows how far they've come. Kevin Prasant won't care about any moral victories, though. No, I mean, no, he's not no. going to care about that. <laughs> so, all right, well, that's segment one of the books, what happened last week. And uh, you're listening to the Prep Sports Sport High School Pigskin Preview for week number 10 uh, with the coach, Carl Damasi, and, of course, the sports reporter from uh, Jadon Sports, I mean, he's all over the place. So you can find him at the Prep Sports Report. You can find him at Connect Savannah. You can find him Hot Grids Podcast. I mean, the guy's just blowing it up with the local sports, especially the high school sports. So, I mean, like we said, Madden-like numbers for these kids. So segment number two, Players of the Week. I mean, you know, we talked about it. Jake Merklinger, 12 for 12, 320 yards, five touchdowns, all in the first half. 
I yeah. mean, uh, Luke Cromanhawk, 15 to 25, 166 yards, rushes for 25 yards. Uh, Zayden Edwards, 14 to 27, 208 yards. And the kid from uh, Johnson, uh, Armarian Scott, over 212 yards rushing and a pair of touchdowns. And that was probably in the first half. And then Paul. Yeah, Sealy, Sealy. What were his numbers? Twenty-one of twenty-eight, three hundred eleven yards, and five touchdowns. Also in a forty-eight-seven. Hello, hello. So, That's pretty good. You got the big guy that just said Alabama gave him an offer. Michael Smith. I mean, three receptions, all uh, all for touchdowns, one hundred nine yards receiving. Uh, Dupa Coleman, one hundred thirty-seven yards uh, receiving. So I mean, just unbelievable numbers. Uh, you can't forget on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Busey, uh, two tackles for a loss. Three catches for 70 yards and 49-7 win over Beach. And Dennis Knight for complying all those uh, statistics from uh, the Savannah Morning News. Anybody I missed that you might have got? Um, no, I think you you pretty much nailed it there. The thing is, like with Calvary, like which one of the six players are you going to pick? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then at New Hampshire, go look at what Malachi London has done oh. in the last two weeks i mean he has blown up but the thing is every time he catches a touchdown pass it's coming from number five and right. so so you know it's hard to but what Sealy and london have going right now it's enough of a sample size um i, I want to say carl it's eight touchdowns between the two in the last three games that's okay. enough of a sample size to tell you that that they figured something out um and they have a pretty solid freshman tight end in pearson that, that does enough over the middle to, to open up um, the outside for London. And uh, I think also what's forgotten is that Caleb, Caleb with a K, Caleb Smith is a senior running back, and he is exactly the kind of running back that Kyle Hawkman loves because you can count on him. If you need three, he's going to get you three. He can run block. He can play all three downs. So, so they're really built well. The, the problem is that New Hampshire said out of the 22 starters – they are weak at, at maybe, you know, three or four of those spots. And that may end up coming back to haunt them. But they are really good and, and, and really balanced. It all starts with Pauly Seeley, though. Um, he's, a, he's a treat to watch. Uh, and, you know, I always go back and forth comparing him to, to Merklinger and Kromenhawk. They're, they're all three different types of players and they're in different types of offenses. But Seeley, to me, is always the most underrated just from being out there at New Hampshire. Um, but look, you can't really look past those kind of numbers, though. No. But, you know, I, I, I left out Malachi London, okay? Six catches for 149 yards, three scores in the win over Island. So, yeah, like you said, him and, uh, yes. him and Sealy are a combination. But we, we, you know, I asked you to do a, a quarterback preview and uh, Sealy, Cromerhawk, Merklinger, uh, Edwards. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, the kid up in uh, uh, Richmond Hill, Goldrick. I mean, so Goldrick's numbers are really good, and and also Zit Paulus Zittrauer Zit has all offseason Baker Woodward and Savannah Christian. They were saying the right things about Zittrauer and about his development, but we've heard that kind of thing before with other quarterbacks that weren't too. But Zittrauer has improved as much as any player, oh, yeah. and he sort of knows exactly what his role is on that team. Yep. Um, and he's doing it to perfection. He's got a lot of rushing touchdowns, too. So, yeah, there's a lot of great quarterback play. And, and most of them are coming back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So that's quarter number two in the book. Okay. We just talked about the outstanding play of 
Uh, these non-like numbers coming from these kids all across. And then mm-hmm. don't, don't forget the, the two running backs at uh, Bethesda, uh, you know, um, now I got a blank. Who are the two? Oh, Correy Stafford is Stafford and uh, Jones, right? Yeah, Correy Stafford's numbers. If you were playing Madden, someone would accuse you of turning up the sliders because but that's no, his, his numbers are unrealistic even in Madden. But Noah Jones is only uh, like a uh, hundred yards less than him out of that backfield. Yeah, so. yeah, right. yeah, that's true. So let's go a little here now. Uh, quarter number three. Before we get to the last quarter, I said three quarters. We'll go four. Uh, Quarter number three, we'll go break it down by region. Uh, okay, so let's start with the 7A and the Wildcats of Richmond Hill. They're road warriors this year. Uh, do they have a shot at the playoffs? Uh, they're 0-2 in region play. And uh, who do they got coming up next? So they play Lowndes this week, who is also 0-2 in 0-2. region play. Um, and I'm trying to think off the top of my head. So it's it's Colquitt County, Valdosta. Is I'll give another- it to you right now. Okay, Colton go ahead. County 2 and 0, Camden County 2 and 1, Valdosta 2 and 1, Lounge 0 and 2, and Richmond Hill 0 and 2. If Richmond Hill can win this game, yeah. Looks like they're in the playoffs. So the Camden County win over Valdosta last week was shocking across the state. Uh it also sort of hurt Richmond Hill's playoff chances a little bit. But I think if you ask their coach Matt Lazat, uh really it's not technically their destiny is not in their own hands, but it is. If you, if they win out, they're probably going to, they're going to go to the state playoffs, I would think. And because you'll have the head to head tiebreakers. And if they get to the state playoffs out of that region this year, that's as impressive as what, as any, what anyone has done this year. All right. Let's now go look, they, let me say quickly, if, if they go, if they lose to Lowndes by 30 or 40, that wouldn't be like, a bad loss. Lowndes is extremely talented. They're four and four and unranked, but their quarterback is one of the best players in the state at any position. Um, he's going to go over a thousand yards and his name is slipping me, but Lowndes' quarterback is going to go over a thousand yards passing and rushing, I right. think. But here's the thing though. Richmond Hill played Camden County really tough. And so, they played Valdosta pretty tough. I think that was a 20 to nothing game. Right. So it, it's not, it, it's not, it's not, uh, you know, unthinkable that they could do something like this this weekend. And Matt Lazat, you can't push, put it through him. But once again, where are they going? Lounge, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's as, that's about as tough as it gets, besides maybe their next-door neighbor in Valdosta. So, all right. Let's see, those that. teams are going to have to come back to Richmond Hill next year, next and Richmond year. Hill is not an easy place to play. No, you know, some of the key players are going to be graduating, but some of those younger yeah. kids, a lot of those young kids got a lot of experience. Okay, let's go to uh, uh, classification 6A Region 2. Uh, Effingham 4-0, Brunswick 4-0, Glen Academy 3-2. Evans, Lakeside Evans, South Effingham are all 1-3, and three, and, Gre- and Grovetown is 1-4. So, uh, you know, this is a big one uh, for the uh, – well, Effingham County takes care of business this week. They'll be playing in Brunswick between the bricks in Glen County Stadium for the region championship. Who would have thunk that? That, that would yeah. be on a seven-game winning streak. And in South Effingham, if they could not go off hold, I can tell you right now who they play this week. Let me get my schedule here. Uh, where is it? Where is it? South Effingham is at Grovetown. So South Effingham is going to get another win. And I think the last game is going to be against either Lakeside Evans or Evans uh, for that uh, playoff match. So it's Brunswick is going to be Brunswick and Effingham County, probably going to be the one and two seeds in some right. kind of order. Right. Um, and then, so are we, are we thinking that the next two playoff spots are up for grabs? Next two. Playoff or just, spots. I yeah. would say, no, I would say Glen Academy, Glen Academy is a lock. 
probably a lock. So if there's a three, then yeah, then th that sort of makes it pretty simple for South Effingham. Not simple, but uh, straightforward, at least for them. Uh, again, win and you're in. Right. I'm, I'm looking here. All right. So South Effingham beat Lakeside. Uh, where's Evans? I, I don't see Evans on my list. Okay. They have to play Grovetown, which is one and four. And then they got to take on Evans, who's one and three. So, uh, you know, South Effingham, they can win their last two games. They might get that sport, fourth spot. Yeah. Yeah. And that, again, that's all you're asking for this time of year is to have a reason to play these last two games. Cause there are a lot of football teams in this area that would kill for a meaningful last two games. No, so Cause there's, there are, there are a few things that are, that are, you know, more painful than <laughs> going through those last two weeks of practice, oh, yeah. hitting each other every day, knowing that there, there ain't nothing coming after it. So now we're looking at Richmond Hill, South Effingham, both have a shot for playoffs. Effingham's already mm -hmm. in. Now we go to uh, classification 5A region one. Uh, if Jenkins beats Spreadwell this week, they're in. It's a lock. They're in. Yeah, Jenkins is going to the state playoffs, and they were they're they're coming out of region three, four A in the past few years, where there were only four teams. Um, they found themselves as a four seed a couple of times into the state playoffs. Now they're in a five team region. But you know, even if they go to the state playoffs and lose in the first round, to be able to hang that on the mantle, so to speak, and have that going forward, hey, we made the state playoffs. X number of years in a row that counts for something. But again, I think Jenkins, uh, you know, they have as much talent as, as anyone in the area outside of BC and outside of Calvary, like Jenkins talent wise stacks up with Savannah Christian, but if they played tomorrow, I'm not sure it would be close at all. And so that's, that's sort of the head scratcher with Jenkins is what's going on with all those players. And for me, Carl, it might come back to something pretty basic if you don't have a quarterback, it really doesn't matter what else you have. And I'm not saying that Jenkins doesn't have one on the roster, but they haven't found one yet. Um, I still expect them to win pretty handily this weekend and then make the state playoffs. So. And here's another one for you. Okay, you can even love this. And next week, they take on Statesboro. So if they win both games, they could be a number three seed. And if that happens, Carl, then um, I, I will <laughs> – <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'll do, but, but I will be shocked. I'll say that. Well, I think I think Tony Welsh is one heck of a coach, and he'll find some way to get the Warriors ready for both those games. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wins both of those. So, uh, you know, we've called him the program whisperer. He comes in and changes programs around and does things. He's got 115 kids out there. So uh, it's going to be fun watching the Jenkins Warriors over the next two weeks. All right, let's go to that 4A Region 3. Uh, okay. Ben Benedictine's a, a lock. Uh, Wayne County's a lock. New Hampshire's a lock and uh, it's going to be a battle between Burke County and Southeast Bullock. I don't think Southeast Bullock has a shot. So I think that region's pretty much done. Don't you? Yeah, I, th I do think that. So New Hampshire, we know has clinched. Yeah. We can go ahead and assume it's BC Wayne, New Hampshire and Burke. Right. Um, the thing is that, that I know um, Wayne has the tiebreaker over New Hampshire. Right. Um, but New Hampshire has not played Burke yet, I don't think, if I'm not mistaken. I can tell you right now, buddy, I got it right here on my list. Let's see, go to that region. And oh, regard, I, I can keep going here because I think, you know, the, the difference between the three and the four is, is sort of a crapshoot. Like it depends on what, what other region you match up with. 
But, you know, if somehow New Hampshire beats Benedictine, that would throw things into a whack because then Wayne County comes into play. If New Hampshire beats Burke County, Burke County still has to play Wayne County, it could wind up being a tie for that last spot. But what if New Hampshire beats Burke, then Burke beats Wayne, so then you have New Hampshire would have the tiebreaker over Burke, and Wayne would have the tiebreaker over New Hampshire. No, how about so we'd if, have a mini? We if they all wind up with the same exact record, we could have a mini playoff game. <laughs> yeah, or we could just do like a, a, pat, a punt, pass, and kick to see who goes. Uh, you you never heard about the mini mini playoff game? Oh, I remember. Uh, who was it? Beach a few years ago? Did the yeah. Hurricanes or something? Yeah, you. Yeah, you that is. I should probably just go no comment on that. On that, uh, well, that's that's uh, Georgia high school. Just like uh, when I moved here, they had the penetration rule in overtime. Whoever moved the ball furthest down the field won, which was ridiculous. But anyway, it could happen. There's a possibility it happened. But New Hampshire uh, still has a, still has a shot of finishing number two. Yeah, let me say something about the rules too. Now that you reminded me, how did I just now find out last week that if you miss a field goal in high school football, no matter where you kick it from. The oppose if you miss it, the opposing team gets it at their own 20 no matter what. It's been forever. Okay, so if I ever see anyone punt from around that area, I'm just going to lose my mind because all you just got to do, you don't even got to go for the goalpost. Just kick it into the end zone, and it works as a punt. Yep. I mean, that's, that's, that to me is an asinine rule. That's, that doesn't make any sense at all. Well, well, like, what is, the, what is the point behind it, though? Like, what does it do? I don't understand why. <laughs> That's the maybe, they flipped a, maybe they flipped a coin. Who knows? Who knows? All right, so let's go to classification 3A and region 3. Calvary Day School's a lock. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Savannah Christian's a lock. So Liberty Long Johnson are playing uh, for uh, two spots. Of those, uh, those three teams are playing for the last two spots. Right. And I think Liberty's remaining schedule is by far the most favorable. Right. Liberty or Johnson has the tiebreaker over Liberty already. Liberty has a tiebreaker over Long already. But hear me out on this. So Long County plays Calvary this week. They close out with Johnson next week. Essentially, the result of the Long County Calvary game is sort of meaningless for Long County, right? Because if they. If they beat Calvary, it would be unquestionably the biggest win in Long County athletics program history in terms of upsets. That's not even an exaggeration. But if they do that and lose to Johnson the the following week, they still don't get in. Now, if they lose by 100 to Calvary and they beat Johnson, they're in. So I think, Carl, we could see something where Long County might get down early and they might – you know, they might decide, hey, we got the biggest game of the year coming up next week. Let's not do anything crazy and get somebody hurt. They might have, Carl, the best player in the region or at least the most valuable player in the region, Long County. Um, it's Douglas. I think it's Amir Douglas, Amari right. Douglas. Something like that, um, yeah. Uh, and he, I think he has almost 1,700 yards rushing already, right. which is right. – crazy town and every opponent the long county plays knows he's getting the ball and he still does that so to me this week is sort of the tuner the setup in region 33a but the number one thing that has to happen as far as johnson goes they have to beat country day on friday night and if you're john morgan country day 
that's enough to kind of get you going for six days before, hey, we can do some damage to, to Johnson. We, we still can impact this playoff race, even if we're not in it. Um, and so I think, you know, for me, Johnson is like, they, they need to make the state playoffs this year because they've had too good of a season to come up just short. Okay, here you go. Amari Douglas, okay, he's a junior. He's a 5'10 running back junior, 1,331 yards. He averages 10 yards a carry. He, he's only Well, that means he's carried the ball 131 times. He averages 166 yards a game. He has 17 rushing touchdowns. Uh, could you say this kid is the, somebody got to stop, stop? Yeah, I would say so. He Okay, yeah. so, I mean, uh, Country Day had 111 Against Savannah Christian, he had 224 yards in that loss. He had 182 against Beach. He had mm-hmm. 162 in the loss against Liberty County. I mean, he hasn't faced a defense like Calvary yet, so we're going right. to see what happens. I covered that game against Savannah Christian, and no joke, Carl, Savannah Christian was putting nine in the box, and they weren't missing assignments or missing tackles. He was just turning every three-yard run into eight, nine, ten yards um, and, and to do that against a defense like Savannah Christian with guys like Busey, Elijah Griffin, right. um, and, and Logan Brooking, like they have dudes everywhere, obviously. He's a real player. And you're right. I think he's gone over 100 yards in every game except for one. And so if you're the Calvary defense and you're, and you're thinking you might be bored this week, maybe that's the thing. Can we hold this guy to under 100? Nobody thinks you can do it, Calvary. Can you do it? In, in zero week or week number one, what do you want to call it? He had 17 yeah. carries for 83 yards against Toombs County and a loss to Toombs County, 21 nothing. So since then, he's gone over 100 every single game after week, one, week zero? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven straight games over 100 yards. And the, the least is 111 against Country Day. Hey, so there's the Hornets putting up some D. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, all right. So uh, we got to go down the row here. We go to... Uh, where's Bryan County? No, we got to go to uh, Windsor Forest. I mean, uh, AA Region 3, uh, they're all five in the bottom. There's no shot for there. And then we go, of course, now this is what gets me. I got to get this right. We go single A, Division One, Division Two. I don't know what it is, but anyway, Bryan County has a good shot for making the playoffs. They're in, uh, here we, uh, here we go. They're in single A. Division one, three, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Imagine so, that, right? Uh, they beat Savannah High Friday night, they're in the playoffs. What was the last time Bryan County made the playoffs? It, uh, I think I want to say it was so Johnson and Bryan County. I remember doing this early in the year. I think Bryan County made it in 2011. 2011 was the last, was the last yes, time, and I and yeah, you did that. That's right. I'm pretty sure it's 2011. And they lost, I don't know if he's their best player but probably their most influential player, the sophomore Clemens. I, don't, I can't remember his first name. Austin? Austin, Austin Clemens? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. They lost him to an injury, and that was really devastating for them. But I think Bryan County is is better than Claxton. I think they're clearly not as good as Metter, and I think they're head and shoulders above Savannah High. And for Bryan County to be in any pecking order is a long way up. They've worked a long time. We're talking three-plus years to get to where they are now. And, and it sort of, you're right. It sort of all comes down to you're going to play Savannah high, a game you should win. Can you win it when it matters the most? Um, right. And Savannah high has got a little something to play for. Like they've obviously had a rough year, but they want to get a win 
in a re, in the region game, and this might be their best shot to do it. It's certainly you know their last shot, one of their last shots to do it. Yep. Yeah, and uh, Austin Clemens. Uh, let's see, he played in four games. He played in four games this year. So uh, yeah. So that yeah, and he was rolling. I think he was had was doing well rushing. He was one of their best defensive players. Um, oh, he played both ways. He went both ways. Yeah, he played four games, uh, 289 yards, averaging almost 10 yards a carry, uh, five touchdowns, and uh, he went out with an, uh, an injury. So they've been doing and that. And he's a sophomore, thing. I think. Um, and then now their leading tackler is a freshman. Uh, yeah. The guy on the line, he's got kind of a funky name, McKinney, <laughs> something like that. Anyway, but he, but he – so he leads the team in tackles, and I think he has a couple hundred rushing yards too. So – uh, the future looks bright for them, even if they don't make the playoffs this year. I think they will, though. It's just just crazy, just crazy. All right, so uh, then, of course, we got to go to uh, uh, St. Andrews. They got a shot at making it. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think all the teams, St. Andrews, uh, Bethesda, and uh, Memorial Day still has a shot at making the playoffs. So uh, that's it in Giza and Skiza. So we'll see what happens at that. So that's yeah. uh, quarter number three. That went longer than we thought. All right, so quickly, <laughs> we went into uh, the schedule for um, – this week, uh, here's the schedule for tomorrow night, Friday night. All right, so we got Effingham at Lakeside Evans, South Effingham at Grovetown. Both big wins for those two teams. Uh, if they win, both will be both big wins, setting up uh, playoff hopes and uh, championship implications. Jenkins goes to Bradwell. I think they should take care of that, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, and if they don't, then then it's time to really have some conversations about what's going on at Jenkins. No, I think they will. Bradwell hasn't won a game. I think uh, Tony Wells is doing a great job over there. Benedictine comes to Islands. New Hampshire at Burke County. That's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, and I, I, I sort of uh, – I need to throw a hand up because I don't think I realized that game was on the slate this week until just now. And that is a gigantic game, as we discussed earlier, for New Hampshire. And New Hampshire, man, they've had two losses, both in overtime, uh, so I know that they know that they're right there knocking on the door. Um, and so Kyle Hockman with Sealy's last year, I, I think he'll have them ready to go. It's a really important game, obviously. All right. And let's go. Then we go to 3A. We got Beach at Liberty County. Liberty County should take care of business there. Long mm -hmm. County comes into Calvary Day. I don't think uh, – I, I know of Coach Feaster, the new coach at Long County. I mean, he's done a great job in two years. I don't think he's going to say, hey, you know what, let's step back once if they if it does happen. Uh, but you know what? You got to stop that running back. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I don't think they're going to give up. What I'm saying is maybe they don't give Douglas the rock like 15 times in the second half, you know, if they're down like they, like they normally would is what I'm saying. And that wouldn't be a slight. That would actually, in my opinion, be, be smart. If the game is out of hand, if not, then yeah, go all for it for sure. Uh, you, you know, it, and I've known it. We both seen it. Uh, Savannah Christian score can score two, three touchdowns in a matter of a minute. Carl, do you know – yeah, and that's true too. Do you know that Long County, if they score three more points, they will become the highest-scoring Long County team of all time since 1983, the program? And they've played – they're already the second-highest-scoring Long County team ever through eight games. Uh, and so what they, their turnaround has been incredible. They're going to win – let's see, if they win one of the next two games, they'll have 11 wins in the last two years. That's as much as they had the previous six years combined. Simply amazing. Simply amazing. Uh, so what else we got on the schedule here? Savannah Christian plays Groves in Garden City. Johnson Country Day. Uh, you think the little engine uh, known as Country Day can uh, stop the Johnson Adams smashes? Well, there are two teams that are pretty similar and, and 
for me, I think country day needs to find a way to, to score somehow special teams or score somehow defensively. They also, I think need to need to start trying to get Josh Washington, the ball a little more often in space. They love to ground and pound with Grandy and he's going to be potentially a thousand yard back. So that makes sense. But I don't know that country day wants to get into a ground and pound against Johnson's running game and against Johnson's front. I don't know that that would bode well for them, but again, like Johnson was losing six, nothing to Groves in the second quarter. They were tied six, six at halftime. If they come out and do something like that against country day, country day is not going to go away in the same fashion that Groves did, but I think right. Johnson will be ready. And I, and I would pick them this week for sure. All right. So, and then uh, Tombs County takes on Windsor forest. And then the one that we just talked about Savannah high, Bryan County, Bryan County wins. They're in, there's no doubt about it. Then, of course, we talk about GIA and Skeezer. St. Andrews gets no rest. They got to entertain Bullock Academy Friday night. They play Bullock Academy Friday night? Yeah, at St. Andrews. Oh, yeah, that's not going to be easy, man. That's not going to be easy for them. The Road Warriors Memorial Day School goes on the road and takes on Southwest Georgia. And a big Skeezer game, Buford Academy, one of the better teams lately in that Skeezer, uh, mm. uh, you know, league come in and they take on Bethesda at Bethesda's home field in Daffin Park. Yeah, this is the kind of game. That's the kind of game that Antoine Turner usually has something up his sleeve. Not so much trickery, but he's usually got a game plan and you can tell it early on if it's going to work or not. Uh, I like Bethesda in that game. And, and if they get proper seating in that, uh, I don't know if is it a bracket? Yeah, it's yep. Yep. If they get the proper seating in that, you could see a way where they return to a state title game. But they also have a mystifying loss from earlier in the year to Orangeburg Prep. So right. I think that might have been enough of a wake-up call for them to know that that they can be beat by anybody, but they can also beat anybody. So, well, that's the schedule for tomorrow night. Any uh, closing thoughts there, Travis? Uh, no, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the last two weeks. Now this is the best time of year. I think we had basketball practices starting yesterday. We got state playoff football coming up. Um, and then of course all the volleyball and softball. So it's, it's a really fun time of year to be a sports fan. And especially in the Savannah area, a high school sports fan. Hey, don't throw out the, uh, you know, the cross country, your boy over there at country day, John Ryan, that kid's, uh, under, uh, like 16, 20 now that's uh, state time, uh, championship time right there. Could you imagine running that fast? I don't know how they do that. I don't know how they run that fast for that long. The Dotson kid over at uh, at um, Benedictine, yeah. he's always he's always finishing second to uh, to uh, Ryan, and he's only a sophomore. And it's only like uh, you know ten tenths of a second or whatever it is. The Richmond Hill cross country teams are always on it. Savannah mm-hmm. Arts Academy, the girls defending state champion. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see what happens with that too. So it's the best time of year. Appreciate you coming on uh, once again. Uh, always uh, look forward to what you're writing, what you're writing about, and I uh, can't wait for this weekend. Where are you going to go Friday night? Uh, I think I'll go to Johnson and Country Day, I think. Yep, that's a big game right there. Yeah, I think that's the biggest one in town, at least. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I can't wait to see this kid uh, from Long County against Calvary, see what Calvary defense does that to them Friday night, so I'll be over there. So, uh, once again, appreciate it. You're listening to the Prep Sports Sport High School Piskin Preview for Week 10, October 27th, 2022. Only one – I can't believe there's only one week left after here, uh, after this week. I know. Uh, I know. It's gone so quick. Have a good one. Appreciate you doing it. Hey, Carl. Thanks, man.
All right, hurry up, plug yourself. Where can everybody get your material, your stick? Um, Hot Grits Podcast every Tuesday, wherever you get podcasts, uh, connectsavannah.com. Uh, I have a story, a column coming out, um, well, it came out yesterday uh, about the new shot clock era in, in high school basketball beginning this year. Um, and then you can find also all the high school football coverage that we do over at prepsportsreport.com. And I like to remind people it's 100% free. You don't have to pay for it. That's right. All right. Keep up the good work. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Carl. And once again, Travis Jadon, the kid loves what he's doing. He's from Savannah. He knows his, uh, you know, stories inside and out. Can't appreciate, I, I can't say how much I appreciate his hard work and dedication to high school sports here in Savannah area. Well, that's it. It's a wrap. Week 10. Tomorrow night. Okay. And you've been listen, listening to the Prep Sports Sport High School Pigskin Preview for Week 10, October 27th, 2022. Enjoy the games. Remember, when you go out there, remember, root for the kids, root for the coaches, root for your team, and give everybody respect, going from the players to the refs to the coaches. That's what they deserve. That's what high school sports are all about. Let's show respect. Let's have a good time at these games and always support these kids. You know what? They put it on the line in practice every day. They put it on the line every week, whether they – are undefeated, they haven't won a game. They're out there because they love the game. They're playing for the love of the game. And that's what makes high school sports so special. Take care. I'll talk to you.